0: Lord, God, we give you glory. We thank you for meeting us here in Jesus name. Amen. OK, so thank you for coming. And this is this is important. So excuse me if I get excited. This is the third part of the three part series. This is the end of the thing. This is the the, the good part. This is the meat of it. In the first part, we learned about the fall, the fall of mankind. Uh, how everything was utopian. There was no one laying in bed insecure about if he's gonna call me or if she's gonna call me. There was that was no. You looked at me wrong. There was there was no sin. And in the second part, we learn law and order. How how God gave the law, exposed the sin, and began to put the kingdom back in order after the sin. And now now we see remission. So the order's been set. Grace has been given. We're living in a saved status. If you could, if there was a spiritual Facebook, you know how they have that. That Johnny is feeling excited, you know, with Sarah. It would, it would be Johnny is saved right now in Jesus Christ, right? But how do we live saved and victorious in a sin-filled world? We're, we're in the world, but not of the world. So it's like if, if we were all from one country, and we, we, we move just us alone to another country where everyone around us speaks a different language, has a different theology have a different way of living and we are we're we're in that country but we're not of that country we're not from that country we don't we don't understand this culture so we're we're living in a world of sin but we're not of this world of sin we're we're of jesus christ we're of heaven we're of god's body so how do we live as a part of god's body in a world filled with sin and that the answer is remission now what does that mean we hear words thrown around like we we learned about atonement and redemption and law and order so we see these these words thrown around the church, atonement, redemption, grace, repentance, remission. But what does it mean? Especially remission, because we want to see that remission isn't a small word. It isn't something that is said in passing. So what does it mean? Let's let's get into it. Matthew 26, 28, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. There's that word we we get. The the blood of the New Testament, right? This is my blood of the New Testament. Jesus is speaking, which is shed. I died for what? The remission of sins. So he's dying for what? The remission of sins. So this is this is an important this is an important thing. Mark 1, 4. John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. So he's preaching about repentance for the remission. Luke 1, verses 76 through 77, in the King James Version puts it like this. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins. I hope all of that, that old English didn't throw you off. But the key thing is what they're getting knowledge of salvation for what? The remission of their sins. Luke 3. Verse three. And he came into all the country about Jordan, preaching the baptism of repentance. Here we go again for the what? Remission of their sins. Luke 24, 47. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations. So all nations should know about repentance. We're not going to get deep into repentance. So I'm just going to cap it for you. Uh, repent to turn. Turn away from sin. Ask God for forgiveness for that sin and turn away. And that's a lot of meat there to that, that And I wish I had time to go into the to the, to the the whole spiel about repentance. Uh, but it's a stance that you take. And it's really a caveat of salvation um, that we repent. Uh, and then there's next, the remission. Luke 24, 47 states. Acts 2, 38. Then Peter said unto them, repent. Repent. Turn away from your sin. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of what? The Holy Ghost. So that that word remission is important. It is it is key. It is it is saying something that God wants us to totally understand, not partially understand, but totally understand. And some in some versions of the Bible exchange the word remission for forgiveness. In Hebrew, the word is shamat definition, a letting drop, a temporary remitting. In the Greek uh, is aphesis from aphemi send away, forgive. Uh, and it says properly something sent away i.e. remission and it has in parentheses forgiveness releasing someone from obligation or debt when you see remission a lot of times it's uh especially in the old testament it's it's connected to to debt it's kind of like a debt forgiveness uh, but it's it's a process uh and not necessarily instantaneous when it relates to sanctification and i'm gonna break that down um so that you're not thinking that i'm saying that um Jesus forgives you in a process. That's that's not it. He died so that you can instantly be saved. Let's go to Deuteronomy 15, 1 and read about it. I like to go and hear it in a a sentence, how God used it. Uh, the law first mentioned. Let's go to some of the first times it was mentioned and really get an understanding of remission. We will we'll see where the word remission is translated here as release. Uh, one, at the end of every seven years, you shall grant a release. And this is the manner of the release. Every creditor shall release what he has lent to his neighbor. He shall not exact it off his neighbor, his brother, because the Lord's release has been proclaimed. So we see that he they're releasing their you can say forgiving, they're forgiving the debt. But the the reason I want to make such a clear delineation, uh, is because the process of sanctification means the purification process that God has us through on this walk called life is not instantaneous. And and you'll see why that is extremely relevant. Uh, as we continue. So first point saved doesn't mean sinless say saved isn't sinless being saved. Doesn't mean that you walk perfectly the minute you're saved. I got, I lifted my hands and was filled with the Holy ghost. Um, actually I don't even think I lifted my hands. I think I was scared that I was going to, I was in a Pentecostal church. I was the, the only black kid in an all white church, literally like a, a speck of pepper and a, a salt shaker. And, uh, and I saw every other, everybody else getting filled with the Holy Spirit and they would, they would scream and they would run and, and, and I wanted to be filled with the Holy Spirit, but I didn't want to roll all over the floor or table and embarrass myself. So, and, and I, but I've been praying for the Holy Spirit and I felt the Holy Spirit come and I was scared. I was kind of like, Oh, I don't want to move. I don't want to move. <laughs> so I, I was scared. Uh, but if saved meant sinless, the minute I was filled with the spirit, the minute, the minute my salvation was complete, then that was, uh, then I would never have sinned again, and 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 some are going to say, "What do you mean by complete? What do you mean that you were saved? Are you saved when you get filled with the Holy Spirit?" And and if that's the track your mind is going down, you're you're definitely in, a, in the wrong track. Uh, our salvation is based on what Jesus did at the cross. So let's not let's not don't let your mind wander to a, to somewhere that's that's not meant to go um but saved isn't sinless so when you're you can be filled with the holy spirit know every bible verse but saved doesn't mean sinless i actually had a friend from louisiana i was born and raised in baton rouge i moved out to the east coast i opened up a recording studio and he was a christian and i flew him in from louisiana about a year and a half later to work for me as an engineer because he was an engineer audio engineer uh self-taught and when he came he lived in he lived at my place he he hung out with me and and uh, he 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 told me that he doesn't even he doesn't even want to go to church anymore. He doesn't want to practice his faith. He doesn't really want anything to do with religion at all. I don't know if he just rejected God or he just didn't want anything to do with religion. And, uh, and I asked him why, and he says, well, you know, because he was on fire when I left Baton Rouge, and he lived in Slidell, and he's he says it was because every time I would, you know walk down the street, I see a pretty girl. If I had an impure thought, I'd go, oh no, I can't, I can't think like that. Oh, I can't, oh, I shouldn't be thinking that. And he just, he just, you know, crucify himself. Like, oh, he judge himself and be hard, be a harsh judge on himself. And then if he was, you know, if he cut somebody off in traffic or something, so he'd be like, oh no, I can't believe I did that. I should have been rude. I should have been, and like, can you imagine every moment of every day walking like this? I mean, I totally understand repenting at the end of the day, Lord God, I did these things. But to crucify yourself and to judge yourself and to beat up on yourself every time you have an impure thought, uh, it's not, it's not. I don't believe that's what Jesus intended. He intended it for us to repent and and have a a humble spirit, but not necessarily to judge ourselves. He didn't want us to judge other people and definitely not judge ourselves and and, and let that be uh, manifesting in our minds so saved isn't sinless and we're going to track back to how this ties into remission next point know that you will make mistakes know this know that you will make up uh, mess up uh, john 8 7 puts it like this when they continued asking him he looked up and said to them he who is without sin among you let him throw the first stone at her and now now know this we we know this uh, a lot of us know this uh this teaching and, and know this account in the Bible where the, the lady had, had slept around and she wasn't married and uh, people are coming to stone her. But these aren't just ordinary people. These are the people, these are the watchmen on the wall. These are the the righteous people for, you know, for lack of a better term. This is the church. Now, if the elders of the church are coming to stone her, the, the, the creme de la creme, the righteous people are coming to stone her. And then Jesus tells them that the first one that has not sinned can go ahead and throw. So, if the elders of the church, the people that live by the standard, teach the standard, are required to uphold the standard, uh, if if they they have sinned, then we have to know that we're going to sin. Just average everyday people. If these people walk with Jesus and they sin. Man, we're we're probably going to sin too. And I'm not condoning sin. Don't go there. I'm not saying that it's okay to sin. I'm just saying if you do, you do make a mistake, repent for it. But don't be thrown off your horse because you sinned. You will make mistakes. It's bound to happen. Uh, That's why why, that's why when you see remission, a lot of times you see repent before it. Repent for the remission. Uh, So just know it. Don't 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 let that be a blow to you like my friend from Slidell and cause you to lose your faith because you're not walking perfect. Acknowledge your mistakes um, by having a healthy repentance life. Next point: acknowledge your mistakes by having a healthy repentance life. Listen, repentance does uh, obviously it's a caveat to salvation, and there's scriptures that say you need to repent. And then we see all of the scriptures that I read uh, opening up that we need to repent, you know, for the remission. So to get the remission that Jesus died for, this is my blood, right? Of the new the new covenant. Um, so, so to get that 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 remission and, he, and that will shed for the remission. So to get that, we, the the it's saying that we have to repent. So having a healthy repentance life is not just a caveat to being saved. And if anyone says that you can be saved without without repenting, then they're 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 in a far far off place. The Bible even tells that that Jesus did tons and tons of miracles, um, but the people they weren't saved because they didn't repent. Repentance is a caveat for salvation, um, as the scriptures tell us but it's it's so much it's it's more than that also repentance shows us how much of how much we need a savior how how wretched we are and how much we need a savior and not so that we can beat ourselves up and say i should have been better but to say man god is so good his son is so amazing He is so wonderful that he died for us oh god i thank you we reverence him because we realize hallelujah that we we have fallen short because the Bible tells us all of sin, everyone, all of sin, have and fallen short of the glory. And, and it shows us when, when we begin to praise and worship, it's like, oh, God, you're so awesome. And then we go, oh, man, I'm so not. And it keeps us in perspective. It keeps us humble. And, and the Bible tells us that when we're humble, we get exalted. And, and we won't judge also. When we're when we're living in a place where uh where we're repenting every night. We repent when we, when we make a mistake. So it, it keeps us, we can't really go judge someone else uh, in the morning knowing that we've repented for 15 minutes, a half an hour, an hour the night before. I, I, I can't wake up and go judge you knowing that I just, I was on my knees begging for grace just moments earlier. It, it keeps a balance. So saved isn't sinless. Know that you will make mistakes. Acknowledge your mistakes by having a healthy repentance life. Uh, and just to nail that point home, Matthew eleven twenty. Then he began to denounce the cities in which most of his mighty works had been done, because they didn't repent. They had enough faith. Uh, remember when, when Jesus went to go go heal the people. Didn't, if they didn't have faith, he would he would push them out. And and the people that had the greatest miracles done, he he attributed to their faith. Remember the Roman soldier, the centurion. You know what I'm saying, man. He he said I hadn't seen such great faith, and he healed his healed his work his 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 worker, his servant. So we see that faith is a caveat for miracles, but faith with repentance is the caveat for salvation. Move on to the next point. I, I don't want to stay there. I could stay there because repentance is, is 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 big and it's it's huge and and it and it breaks our hearts and it's and it's it, in a good way. It keeps us humble and it keeps us knowing that we need Jesus. It's 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 beautiful. Repentance, when I mean, done right, it's beautiful. Uh, but this is this is this teaching is about remission. So we're moving on, and, and the two work hand in hand. We might have to come back and touch on repentance in a in a separate uh, a walk. Okay. Next point: stop lying. You know, repentance only works if we if we allow our hearts to be broken and see our own sin to repent. Uh, A lot of people lie. And what causes them to lie? Hurt, pride, anger. Uh, It keeps us from the grace of God. So we we have to we have to to not lie to ourselves, to others, to God. And how do we lie to ourselves? Easy. Uh, We tell ourselves, well, what was I supposed to do? Or I didn't know better or they deserved it. You didn't see what they did or. I didn't have a, a good chance, as, as other people did, or it was my environment. Uh, God shouldn't have put me here if he didn't want me to do this, right? Or, you know, or, or the best yet of all. It was that woman you gave me <laughs> right? And we tell that to ourselves. It was that woman. you know we, we convince ourselves, so instead of allowing our hearts to be broken to repentance, we, al- we, we, we allow it to be hardened to a state of rejection of grace because when you harden your heart you reject grace when you repent you accept love it's a they walk hand in hand so we have to stop lying to other to ourselves we have to stop lying to others if you wouldn't have done that then i wouldn't have done this if if you had done what you said you were going to do then i would have done what i said i was going to do and all of those types of statements all they're doing is saying that you didn't honor me so i won't honor god we have to have character um if if if, if we don't have that character of God and that, that resemblance of God and that image, that imago Dei, that, that image of God in us and, and, and through us and know it and have faith and, and, and walk on it. Um, I, I, I tell I tell people to, that our insecurity, the best way to overcome insecurity um, is to, to have faith in God's sovereignty. We don't have to worry about others and what what others think of us or what others do when we have faith in God's sovereignty, because we realize even if they do wrong by us, Romans 8 and 28 still applies that it will, that it all work together for our good to, to give us, to raise us up and to exalt us. God personally allows situations like Job to happen. He personally allows a uh, temptation to happen. There's a place in the Bible that says it's necessary. That is, it's, it's part of God's sculpting process. God uses pain to mold us. He does and circumstances to build our faith. So we, we can't let it, be a marker for our integrity. We have to let it be a boulder that our faith grows over. Um, and we're going to talk about how to do that. And how do we do that? One would be prayed up. First Thessalonians 5, uh, chapter 5, 16 through 18 says, rejoice always pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Romans ten seventeen says like this. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through what the word of God. need to be prayed up we need to be uh uh, just just filled with god and, and and then we'll we'll stop justifying we'll stop rationalizing and we'll start doing why because the god in us is strong enough we're not strong enough but but we'll have enough god in us we'll have the spirit of god in us we'll have reached a level in our faith that circumstances don't dictate our actions our actions dictate the circumstances all right last two points real quickly Remission takes resistance. Remission takes resistance. Uh, There's a part of the Bible that says if we resist the devil, he'll flee. Right. Um, Let me read this to you. James four. what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you. Is it not this that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have. So you murder you covet and cannot obtain. So you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. Therefore, it says God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Now, this is this is where it just goes from kind of a a, a tongue lashing and a whipping uh, to, to something a lot more aggressive uh, to, he, you know, in the book of James. We see that a point is being driven home and starting with verse seven, a big point, a big overtone. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Here we go. Cleanse your hands you sinners and purify your hearts you double minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. One of one of my constant prayers is God remove my ambitions. I don't want to be like that. I, God remove my ambitions. I don't want to fight and claw tooth and nail for things that I want. I want a house. I want another car. I want this. I want that. I wanted that. And then I'm fighting for it. God is saying, hey, I need you to walk over here. God is whispering, hey, I need you to stop. I need you to turn around. And But my, I'm so passionate about the things I want. I'm so ambitious. I'm so driven that I drown God out in my selfish desires. I don't want to be that. So one of my prayers is, God remove my ambition. I don't want any ambition. I don't, I don't want anything other than what you want. What you want for me? What you want me to do in my life? Where you want me to go? What you want me to say, uh, Lord God? Whether it's living in a penthouse or whether that's in a cardboard box, uh, laying on my side for for three months, uh, yelling at a brick, whatever, Lord God, I'm just I'm just let me be poured out and, and let your your let this be your life. I'm just in the body, but this is your life. This is your soul. Do with it what you want, Lord. And I, I and I pray that uh, a lot so that I don't get caught up in chasing chasing the rabbits of this life the the carriage that the world dangles in front of you to get you to be a donkey and move toward them. So that's, that's the first part of this. And then, then it turns. And when it turns, uh, it turns in a major way. And it it talks about be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. Stop chasing these things. Then he said, look, be wretched and mourn and weep. And and I think that's a, that's an attack on their desires. He says, if you desire these things, then, uh, keep yourself from them. There's a scripture that tells us that, uh, you know, basically when we're chasing God, the flesh will not be satisfied, and that means that that part of you will be unhappy. If I if if I had a fantasy that I wanted uh, to marry eight women, and if I'm chasing God, then that that fantasy will never come to fruition. So that part of me will mourn, but a greater part of me will will be glorified. Uh, Jesus puts it like this. He says, if you, if you if you lose your life, you'll gain it. But if you try to gain your life and chase your own ambitions, and you're going to lose it. So let's, let's lose our lives for Christ and gain it in heaven. Hebrews 10 last scripture and we're done. Therefore, brothers and sisters, and this is don't forsake the fellowship. Those people that, that, uh, say I can watch TV in the living room. Yes, you can. And if, if that's all you can do, then that's great. But if you can, can drive to McDonald's, I would urge you to drive to a church. You know, if you can take your kids to Walmart, I would say take them to a church. Some, if they're bad kids, go to one with daycare, <laughs> you know, and let God deal with them in daycare and deal with you in the service. Well, being God, have an understanding. Well, the understanding is I won't watch after your life and you don't have to serve me. Um, that's and, and that's that's the word. He says he did many miracles and they didn't repent. They didn't turn away from their sin. They didn't turn away from their mind frame. They didn't come into my house. They didn't read my word. They didn't spend time with me. What kind of God? do you think we have? One that doesn't want a relationship with us? Will we date someone that didn't come spend time with us? He's not even saying come spend time with me every day. He just says once a week, come spend time with me. Read your Bibles. Do something that, that forsakes you, humble yourselves. It makes you better and it serves my purpose. That's what God is saying. That's our relationship. So what, what kind of friend would he be? He says he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. What kind of God would he be if he didn't want a relationship? If you could do whatever you did. That's they. They have these marriages that are like that, and they, and I have a friend that is in a disastrous marriage, and that's that's what they have. It's called polyamory, and they're married to each other, but they they do things outside of their marriage, if you know what I mean. And it's 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 terrible, and they drift further apart, and 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 you can see the they try to smile on the outside, but uh, I can see her just getting darker on the inside and unhappy. Um. So what kind of God is that? Well, God, you stay over there. I'm going to stay over here. and But we, we're still in a relationship. That's a, it's a disastrous road. And uh, God in Hebrews 10, he tells us, you know, don't forsake the fellowship. Don't forsake the assembling of yourself. Therefore, brothers, starting at 19, Hebrews 10. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, Twenty two, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings. Having our hearts sprinkled to clean cleanse us from a guilty conscience, excuse me, and having our bodies washed with pure water. Twenty three, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who is promised is faithful. Thank you, Jesus. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Twenty five, not giving up meeting together as some are in habit of doing so not let's let's stay meeting together let's let's keep going to church because the church is a group of people let's keep meeting in a group to worship god but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching you know jesus christ coming back 26 if we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth no sacrifice for sins is left 27 but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Some people say, "Man, why are you being so judgmental?" I'm not. I'm, I'm not being judgmental. I'm teaching you the word. I can. It, it would be. I would be judged for not teaching the word. If I say, oh, "Okay, just smile. Everybody's going to heaven. Everything is okay." If I just said that and just let you kind of live however you however you wanted to live, and never told you that, man, God requires something. God demands something. then then God is going to judge me for it because for giving you this candy-coated message that that was pleasing to the ear, but not pleasing to his ears. And then it it goes on. I'm going to start up at 29. How much more severely do you think someone deserves to be punished who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, who has treated as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctified them, and who has insulted the Spirit of grace? Let's not reject the law of Moses. Let's let's not... uh, Stand in God's way. Let's let's continue to assemble and, and all that comes back. And how does it all tie into remission? Because if you look at remission, think about a cancer, uh, a, a cancer. Uh, when they say the cancer is in remission, it's not gone, but it's dying. We're saved instantly. We're saved by grace through faith, but the process of, of becoming better and the, the process of, of our sin dying is it it, 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 it takes some time. So if you look at sin like a cancer, then 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 praising God, coming to church, understanding that it is a process, that we're not saved and sinless, uh, that that our sin will die over time. If, if we look at sin like a cancer, then then we could look at the remission of sin like cancer treatment. So as, as we pray more and as we, we plunge in, um, it's kind of like we're getting treated for the cancer of sin. If sin was apples and we got saved with 100 apples. God didn't want us to die with 100 apples. Let's let's die with a half a slice. Let's let that 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 treatment. Let's let that chemotherapy for the sin, the, the cancer of sin do its job and, and kill off the apples as we pray, as we, we we come together, as we understand his principles. And that's remission. That's remission. We're, we're forgiven uh, for the sin instantly for our sins, past, present and future. But God does expect us to follow through on the process. Lord God touches, we give you glory in Jesus' name.